Welcome to the show. It's the Mark and Mark podcast. I am sports editor Mark Podolsky. When we are back, and I love pop culture, but we got to really talk a lot about sports this week, right, Mark? You are. It seems like you were about to introduce me, and then you got signed. You are again. I am Mark Mazoris. I'm the entertainment editor. Yes. Sports worrier. I know. Uh, by day, and uh, entertainment writer by night. Well, the last time we talked. The Cavs were not even starting the NBA Finals. I believe right? it was before the Finals. Yeah, predictions. We were gonna, we were going to be back. I, I think, think I was the most pessimistic, and I was the closest to be, but even I was wrong. We were going to be back potentially for Game Six on a, a Thursday, but I can't remember. I think you or I were unavailable. It just fell apart. It's and a busy time. Kind of like the Cavs. It just kind of fell apart. There's too much going on. <laughs> but so we're, we're so we're coming at you a week later, and it's almost better. Because there's a lot more meat on the bone right now, so there to speak. There is meat on that bone. And, we're, of course, we're talking Cavaliers. We'll talk a little Indians, but, you know, they're, they're actually red hot right now, and they're back in first place. But we've got to start off with the Cleveland Cavaliers. They lose the NBA Finals 4-1. You know, it really all fell apart in Game 3. Who knows where it, Who knows where that series would have went if they would have won Game 3 and made it. 2-2 after 4, but we all saw what happened, and they just couldn't they, you know, they couldn't get it done on the road. And I think it just showed how really powerful that Warriors team is. How, how did you take that? I, I, was, that a, was that a pill you could swallow? I would back up everything you said. I, 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 as you know, I wasn't real optimistic about repeating going into that finals because I have a lot of respect for that. I mean, I've come to hate that Warriors team, but I have a lot of respect for them and their talent. Um, you're... Uh, even after game one, I remember one of our reporters, Chad, popped into my office the next morning and he just said, like, you know, and again, it's just game one. He's like, you think it's over? I said, <laughs> I think it's over. You know, and then they played a bit better in game two. Right. And then when when game three, when they couldn't keep it together and you're like. Well, it was really a three minute stretch. Yeah. They were, were kind of in control of that, that game. That team just, the Warriors. For 45, 44 minutes. They wear you out when they're on offense and when they're on defense. The ball moves and then they got those, like. I just, you could see LeBron getting exhausted. And then, if nothing else, it was nice to see the Cavs come out and just make a statement in game four. Like, hey, we're not rolling over. Yeah. We've got talent, too. And it gave us the. It gave there was me that and, glimmer of hope. Like, if you could just win game five, it gave me and the other to take a weekend back to, to go, like, all right, I know they're not going to win, but what if they did? What if they did come back? What if the encore of three right. won? Well, three you know, up? the narrative would have been like across America would have been in, in, incredible. Right. Leading into game six, if had they won that game five. And you know what? They showed up in Game Five, and I thought they gave it their all. And it's just—it's tough to beat that team, uh, right. In their place. So, you know, I was a lot more content at the end of the series than I was early on uh, with those first two games in, in Golden State. But like I said, I can't say I was surprised or anything. That team is loaded, right? And so the big story following the finals happened this week, Monday. Dan Gilbert and David Let me Griffin. Set the scene. It's Monday night. I'm sitting in the theater suffering through Transformers the last night, and my phone starts blowing yeah. up. All my buddy, all my Cavs buddies are freaking out. David Griffin is not going to be back as the right. general They manager. part ways. They say it's mutual, but, I mean, I think, you know, you pull back the layers and probably was more long he was ousted, you know. I mean, you, you just go by what they tell you, but this sounds more like a power play than, obviously, Dan Kilbert won. Yeah, I mean, Griffin, from what I've read, had, you know, kind of a list of demands that he thought yeah. he earned. My opinion is he, he did earn those things, and Gilbert has a different opinion, and David Griffin's gone. I mean, so my I guess you know I'm the, I'm in the minority. You know, I, you know, you look, I, you know, I think he did a fantastic job, but 
you know, and you hate to say this, but like without LeBron James, none of this is happening. So, as, you know, my theory is, is LeBron James still on this roster? Yes. Is he happy? I don't know. That's a bigger question. I'm moving more forward. The no end of that spectrum. You know what I mean? And, you know, we talked about this beforehand. You know, if he does leave again, you know, there's not going to be this venom and, you know, hatred. Because, you know, I mean, Dan there's, Gilbert... There's, there's something that would be Dan Gilbert people. has made himself the villain in all right. this. And we'll see how long that lasts if they smooth things over. Look, Chancey Billups could come in and it could be great. LeBron had a very supportive tweet of David Griffin after he would, you know, LeBron said earlier, I think late in the season, someone asked him about Griffin not having an extension yet. And he's like, I don't know why he wouldn't get one. He's done all these things. He's been right. great. You know, and then he, Griffin gets let go or however you want to phrase it. Then LeBron has the supportive tweet, like a tweet. If no one else appreciated you, Griff, no, I did. We got one for Cleveland. I'm sure Cleveland appreciated it, blah, blah, blah. So you I know, don't, I thought, I thought that tweet was a low blow. And like, you know, if he's just, if he's just, you know, like if no one else appreciates you, like that's a very generalized statement. Like, you know, okay, that's a politically correct way to attack Dan Gilbert. Well, I mean, I like he's it. making it sound like no one in the city appreciates you. Like, well, but then he said, like, I, I know, I think Cleveland did, or I know Cleveland did. What he was saying there is, if the Cavs brain trust, or more specifically, Dan Gilbert didn't appreciate you, know that I did. Hey, if you want, if you want to call somebody out, call somebody out. You know, they said like. I think mostly it came down to, you know, you heard Griffin wanted a title bump and a, and a raise, and Griffin was among the lower-paid general managers right. uh, on a three-year deal. You know, these other guys with no, less much, less experience get elevated right away to president of basketball operations or something. So I think Griffin reasonably wanted these things, but you also hear that he and Gilbert disagreed on the future of the Cavs. And I would like to know, I have not read yet, maybe it's out there, of what the future, you know, the vision Gilbert had versus the vision Griffin had because I don't know like again it's okay. all as long as you have LeBron you can kind of have a vision and well, let me stop it. you there because okay you're talking about a guy in Griffin who doesn't have a contract right right and he's going after Paul George reportedly who's gonna be a free agent at the end of the year right he's going for broke 2017-18 so you can understand why maybe Gilbert goes in there I'm now I'm just theorizing him I have no back you know information maybe he goes in there and says Let's hold the brakes on a Paul George deal because, you know, we give up love. George walks. You know, we're going for broke next year, but in 1819, we don't have Paul George or Kevin Love. I, I don't disagree with that. I've also read, and like and you said, maybe you don't you, have Kevin or LeBron James. You read a bunch of different things. You really don't know what's true. But I've also read that Gilbert, one problem Gilbert had with Griffin is he wanted someone even more aggressive. And mm. uh, I and I think that fits with what we know of Gilbert's personality. I mean, I think he's an aggressive businessman. I think he's an aggressive Cavs owner. So, like, yeah, that certainly seems like a reasonable um, attitude for a, an owner to have. Like, hey, I don't want to give away this guy I have locked up for this guy who might leave. Right. It doesn't sound as much like Gilbert to me as it might for some other owner. But again, right. we don't know. No, we right. don't know. But going back to, like, the insult, you mentioned Chauncey Billups' name. And, like, look, I, I like Chauncey as a player. He seems smart on TV. I don't have any axe to grind with Chauncey Billups, but like, you know, talk that he was, he's weighing this five-year offer to be the vice, get a vice president title, maybe have a GM under, it's almost rubbing the nose in Griffin, like just to elevate this guy that has no experience above what Griffin had. All right, let me play devil's advocate. Okay. So when Steve Kerr was hired three years ago, what was he doing? Well, he had been a president of a team. Well, was he a coach? No. Well, he came off the broadcast booth. Right. 
Right, and he's got two titles and the claim of maybe one of the greatest dynasties in basketball history. Sure. Why? Because he has this great talent. But Thank you. I, I do think, now... That's why. Maybe Chauncey would be great. I think Steve Kerr... Not that, you know, Steve Kerr had an offer to go to the Knicks. Steve Kerr with the Knicks, they'd probably still be pretty bad. But he did take, basically, in that first year, the team Mark Jackson had, made a few tweaks, and they were a lot better. So Steve Kerr definitely brought something well, to I the mean, table. Well, I mean, look... What did, what does Steve Kerr bring to the table? Very smart man, a lot of NBA experience, knows the league. I'm sure. I mean, you can check all those boxes off with Chauncey Billups too. I mean, true. It just seems like another you know Gilbert being a Detroit guy has this Pistons infatuation and look, he knows Chauncey Billups a lot better than I do. I'll give him a shot. I mean, and we've seen in a lot of cases in the NBA. Look what Jason Kidd does. He just walked off the the floor and. And he's a head coach, and he's done pretty well. I am not sitting here telling you that I think Chauncey Billups will fail. I'm just saying it seems like an odd decision for a guy who in three years helped build a really right. successful franchise, brought you Cleveland's only title in 52 years. Yeah. Your star player who you can't live without has no problem with him from right. what we can tell. The decision just makes no sense to me. Well, I mean, to me it makes perfect sense. He's a billionaire, and he can do whatever he wants with his team. Okay. I mean, you know, I mean, he can. I mean – you know, we're sitting. But that's here, not what we're talking about. Like, but we're you can make here, a move that you wouldn't like, and that wouldn't be your argument. I'm not saying whether I like it or I don't like it. I'm saying that my argument, going through all this here right now, when we talked about this before the show we started, is it all centers around LeBron James. Like, you can fire a coach who was 31 and 10 at the All Star break last year, and David Blatt, 31 and 10, number one team in the East last year, and hey, as long as you got the players. You, look what happened. Well, they won we, the title. Can we agree that it makes – from the outside looking in, it makes a lot more sense to fire a coach with a winning record that LeBron probably detests than a GM who brought you a well, title. Hold on. Hold on. Let me stop you right there. Likes. Let me repeat what you just said. Who LeBron, li- who, who LeBron likes, who he doesn't like. Yes. That's hugely I mean, important. You know what I mean? So, like, it's all, it's all about LeBron. I agree. I don't see how this helps you keep LeBron. I think this helps you lose LeBron. Right. Yeah. No, you got a point there. So but, again, I just don't. It doesn't make any sense to me. But again, you know, it's about a, a billionaire and a soon-to-be probably billionaire in LeBron James. You know what I mean? And and he's the owner. He can do what he wants. I mean, just but that's like not what, of course he can do what he wants. That's not the discussion. I don't understand that point of. You could end any discussion with the owner of Team X can do what they want. They're the owner. I agree with that. But I, is it a smart? Does it seem like a smart move to you? Again, it it's irrelevant to me. I think you could put any GM in that spot as okay. long as you got well, LeBron James. You can you can make these moves. You have all this flexibility, and you have an owner. You know, let's not be critical. So critical of Dan Gilbert. How how far is he over the luxury tax? Super far. Yes. No. Look. I, so and the, he gives you all these resources to go out and do this. So I'm saying that to me, like you know, Chauncey Billups, maybe he needs help with the paperwork and how to the protocol and making moves i i just don't i to me i find it like almost laughable that we that we can't expect if if chauncey Phillips and lebron can see eye to eye and he has all the resources available to himself he can't make the exact same move david griffin did i find it laughable to think you would just lose a guy who who had who you had the success with who the players seem to respect who knew how to work in the margins when they're already they're so capped out that they have to make these little creative moves? He makes these moves you've never heard of. I, I okay, agree. Chauncey Phillips might tell, be fine. Wait, a, these moves you never heard of. 
Tell me what he like. Is he creating the wheel in the NBA? I, had you heard of all these? You know, you turn this guy into a trade exception and a they, you turn this teams pick into that for, teams have been doing that for years. This isn't anything new. I I still uh, I mean I think you're in the minority. So he he trades for Timothy Mozgov, and a year a year after that he's gone. Right. Right. Amon Shumpert, he signed him to this big deal. Would you like to have that deal anymore? That deal's fine. He gave Jared Smith what thirty or forty million. Do you still want that? I mean, this there. team is the way it's built. What is a big criticism? You can't really do anything with this team right now, right? Which is why I would like to have a guy I mean, who I mean, continues who built it this way and has shown that he's but able wait, to make it. He's, he's the one who built it up to where it's structured, where you really are limited now to what you can do. I mean, do you think J.R. Smith and Amon Shumpert are smart money? To varying degrees, yes. I think you had to. Do make you think those that's moves. smart money? I think you had to make those moves at the time. Okay. I don't want to do revisionist history. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll disagree with you very strongly at okay. that, especially when they're trying to maneuver stuff and maybe they can't because they're strapped by these That's contracts. Yeah, I, I feel like it's I feel like Chauncey Billups or whoever is going to come in, and it's going to be like President X comes in, you know, running the country. Like, well, the last guy really left me in bad shape. You know what? If Griffin was still in place, he wouldn't have that experience. How do you know that? How do you know that? How do you know that maybe he was strapped and he couldn't do anything? Maybe he couldn't make this deal work. Maybe Gilbert was frustrated. Why isn't this deal done yet? And he's saying, look where we're at salary cap-wise. It's possible. I just think this guy has, has shown he's able to make move after move within reason under tough circumstances. Just my opinion. We can disagree. I mean, I guess my biggest thing is what's the most important move this team has made in the last three years? Has nothing to do with Dan Gilbert. Has nothing to do with David Griffin. Has everything to do with this one person who says, I'm going to come back and play for the Cavaliers. No one had to recruit him. He just made the decision, I'm coming back to Cleveland. I mean, maybe the person most responsible for that is Chris Grant when they orchestrated that Zadrunas Silgowskis retirement Thursday night. <laughs> maybe. So. Yeah, and what's, what's he doing? He's, he's out of a job right now. Maybe you can go back and hire him again. Well, you don't get a second stint as GM with uh, Dan Gilbert. So, You know, and look, I mean, I, I'm not saying David Griffin is a bad general manager. I'm saying that... Having this flexibility and this unlimited cap of money from from a from a billionaire who's willing to spend any amount of money, and we've seen that, and then having LeBron James, to me, that those are the two biggest things that factor into where the Cavs are right now. Not David Griffin. We, That's my opinion. Okay, we agree that I think I think you're I think you're overvaluing. I think you're you're saying. David Griffin is the only reason we're here, and I'm like, oh, I, well, now you're put, now maybe we both done this. But I mean, you're, 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 but you're acting like David Griffin is like the savior of this town. All right, let me, let me. We should really move on, but let me, let me do it this way. We agree, as I think we're both sensible sports fans, that like without LeBron, this team's nothing, right? Or, but you have not said that. I've been saying that like throughout this whole no, discussion. No, 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 no. I, I agree. So let me. I, I totally agree. Totally agree. Like without LeBron, none of this matters. Right. So. And LeBron has one year where he's committed here. He can't leave on his own. He could be traded, but like LeBron is here for next season. Right. LeBron can opt out and leave after next season. Right. Does removing David Griffin, we don't know who's going to come in, but right now, do you think it is more likely or less likely after you remove David Griffin that LeBron opts out and goes somewhere else? I don't know. I think it's more likely. Maybe, but I mean, it's like... To say that, are you talking like right now or are you talking about a year from now? I'm talking about right now if you had to bet. I'd say 64. I mean, right now it doesn't leagues. matter because he's, contra- he's he's under contract, so he's not going anywhere. So Correct. the only only relevant discussion is 
how does he feel a year from now in June of 2018? Okay, that's so, the big discussion. So you could make it. You could make it this. You could. I think you could sensibly say that. Would you agree with this? The person who comes in has to do a better job this year than Dan Gilbert thought David Griffin would do this year because LeBron's going to want to see what you have going into the season. Right. That's the thing. You've got. I mean, here's the thing. You have to. So if you think somebody else can do a better job, well, you got to get. Then you make that move. You've got to find teams that are willing to take these dead contracts that no one would want. Like who would want J.R. Smith's contract right now? Oh, I don't know. I think he fits the Cavs more than anyone. Well, what I'm saying is that wouldn't you love to, to trade him? Depends on what I'm getting. I mean, Amon Shumpert. I mean, he he he's he, he's a value for you right now. I think you got two years and twenty million on Amon Shumpert. You can move him. I mean, Kevin Love. Do you need to move him? If you want to bring in one of these big players, they're talking about you got to move. Love. I mean, so the here's the thing, like, so like you know, if they go out and you know, all this Jimmy Butler stuff, which maybe we can get into now. Like, what if they do pull the trigger on that and it works out? And he's a perfect fit. I mean, that that's what I'm saying. Like, it's impossible to talk about this LeBron discussion until you know what the situation of the Cavs is in 2018 of next year. But what if they what if they win the championship next year? Sure, that'd be great. I mean, it doesn't matter who the GM is. I mean, you know, he's sitting there saying, this is a great situation. Jimmy Butler's playing great. And who else? You know, who you never know who else. I just Maybe find they it, get a draft I'm pick finding tonight. This, I'm finding this discussion frustrating because sports talk is all about predicting and thinking what might happen. And it's how we spend time, right? Yeah. But in this discussion, you want to go with like, well, who knows what's going to happen? And he's the owner. He can do what he wants. Yes, those things are true. We don't know what's going to happen. He's right. the owner. He can do what he wants. So then... Let's not discuss sports at all. But I'm saying, like you, you want to. But what I'm saying is that you want to make a decision right now about this David Griffin decision, which you have to take the emotion out of it. You don't need to make a decision right now. You need he needs to make a decision a year from now, and 12 months from now, the narrative could be could be completely different. Oh, you're 100 percent right. So like, like, but you want to have this discussion right now. But doesn't he make it make, so? We it should never no talk point. about who the Browns are going to draft or what the coach is going to do. We should never talk about things in the future. I'm not saying I don't that. Understand. I'm, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that you want to have this discussion, but the, the, the discussion doesn't make any sense. Okay. Like you, you, like unless you, like a better discussion will be like, will LeBron still be holding a grudge a year from now about David Griffin? That would well, be. It's, the, it's just another way to shape the same conversation we're having. You, you can't know. Yeah. I mean, my guess is possibly. But I mean, like this whole, you know. We found out that there may be still be some uh, grudge left over from the Dan Gilbert situation oh, from 2010. Thinks, yeah. But, I mean, LeBron still came back. I mean, you know, it's like, so I'm, I, I, I just want to see what they do first after the, the offseason. Well, that's fine. Free agency I, and all that stuff. I, I thought the logical discussion to have now was, do you think firing David or David Griffin makes sense? And we can't have that discussion. I mean, we I mean, have it. I mean, you can't have a discussion because there's no transparency to the situation. We don't know what happened, why it happened. Right. No, you of know, course. You know. You'd love to be a fly on the wall. You can just, we can just sit here and say, well, I think that he wanted to make a deal for Ball George. But we don't know. So it's like, no. you know, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm strictly coming as I like the job the guy has done for three years. He's I done would, a good job. Okay. Right. I would have liked to have kept him around. That's, I think... Did he, did he, get, did, he, did he deserve to get booted or whatever happened? Of course not. But I'm saying, like, you okay. know, a lot of this stuff happens in pro sports. and You're the only person I know who's a Cavs fan who I've talked to in the last week that doesn't think this seems like a really bad situation. 
Maybe that doesn't mean anything. Maybe I can just know I, a bunch of idiots. But I, I don't think it's a bad situation because all I know is that they still have LeBron for one more year. Yep. And we've seen what he does when he wants to make his decision. He's very unpredictable. I mean, you know, so he he gets up and leaves Miami. Maybe people were theorizing, but it was a little. It was a shocker that he came back. So like, it's very easy that he could get up and go to. Cleveland or, or stay in Cleveland or go out to LA. You, just, I mean, you don't know what this guy's going to do. I agree. And I don't think he's going to let what Dan Gilbert did with David Griffin carry over. So would you make one of those? Because he, did, he, he, he might have held the grudge with Gilbert, but he was able to let bygones be bygones be bygones with coming back. He kind of threw that to the side. But maybe maybe this is a boiling point and you know Maybe you're right that Gilbert's taking too, this is a, this is too big, too big of a thing that it could hold over as a boil over, so to speak. I don't know. I mean, I, well, would you? Ma- I mean, and we should we should move on soon. But would you would you make one of those big trades? Kevin Love for Jimmy Butler, Kevin Love for Paul George. Well, I wouldn't do it for Paul George. I just, <coughs> I mean, he, you have absolutely no shot to resign him, right? I don't think no shot. But at the end of the day, I probably wouldn't do it either. I think. I mean, the theory is of, of keeping Paul George is he and LeBron like playing together. Paul George experiences the kind of winning he's never experienced. And he says to himself, I want more of this. But right now, what do we know? That yeah, he wants to go to L.A. It's so strange when someone comes out and says, I'm not resigning with you. I want to go to L.A. <laughs> right, but we're not the Pacers. We can agree with that. Right. right I know that. So, you know, I, I agree with you. At the end of the day, that would be my hesitation because I do – you know, push comes to shove. We're just predicting. We don't know what happens a year from yeah. now. All the things we just talked about. My guess is he leaves. Right. So I probably wouldn't do it. Now, in a vacuum, I'd rather have him than Butler. Right. But um, Butler, you got, as I understand it, for two years if you trade for him. Right. That's a little better. Because, you know, how much longer is that LeBron window going to be up anyways? You know, the thing with the NBA, too, is like it's so fickle. Like, So we, we love David Griffin. You love David Griffin. The whole city loves David Griffin. If LeBron had to opt out in his contract and he left... And David Griffin had a, had a had a roster with Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving, and they went forty two and forty next year and struggled to get the eight seed. Like, how, how what would your feeling be about David Griffin? I don't think it would change. Not after just that one year. I mean, maybe maybe if he hangs around you for would three be satisfied years and everything, and you would just. I mean, whenever LeBron leaves, your team is going to take a major step back. There's just no way around it. I mean, I think this Cavs team would be in a lot better shape than the Cavs team that he left the first time. You know, I think I think you could build a team around. Right, I don't know. How. I don't think you can build a championship team with Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving. I don't, and know, I don't know how good this team with shape would be in. But I, I mean, I don't think they'd be one of these. You know, I don't know what the Cavs' record was that first year without LeBron when you suddenly had Alonzo G and those type of players. But it like, was, dude, they were the worst team in the league for right for four years. Do we agree they wouldn't be that bad by if far? They, the if worst they still team. had Kevin Love and Kyrie, they wouldn't be that bad. They, they'd rework the. Oh offense. no, they wouldn't be horrible. So, but yeah, I agree with you. They'd probably be shooting for that eighth seed. You know, somewhere around that. Would you would you care if David Griffin was around? I mean, I guess I'd be frustrated that you know he couldn't figure out a way to keep LeBron leave. It would be partly on him, but or keep LeBron stay. But I don't know, man. You've worn me out. I'm just like you know, it's all about LeBron. And I agree. It doesn't matter who the GM is. I'm just telling you. Disagree. And you know, did it matter who the coach was? I don't know. Did Tyloo have make that big of a difference? Well, okay, they fired the coach and the new guy won the title. Right. Like, but they were. That's all you can go by. Right. But it didn't hurt. I know. But I'm saying, like, it, to me, it's all about LeBron James. He's you're a, you're an instant contender. You're in the final every year when you have him. When he leaves, 
It's not gonna. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. All right, we're going in circles. We agree. All right. So where are we going here now? Where are we going? Indians next? or what? Let's do some Indians. Indians have just won seven of eight. They're back in first place. You know they went. They were thirty-one and thirty. They lost to the Dodgers last Thursday, and it was like, okay, here we go. Because then they had to go to Minnesota for a four-game set. They swept it, and then they've taken two of the first three in Baltimore. They got shot. Take three out of four tonight, and then got the Twins back. And you're going actually going to the game on Friday. Going to the game on Friday. Hopefully, it won't get rained. Have you been out. watching a lot of the Indians? No, not at all. Really? I've been going to movie screenings, man. That's pretty much all I this do. This team is fun to watch, man. Yeah. And they've been dealing... I watched a little bit over the weekend. They've been dealing with some injuries. Brantley's been been hurt. Kluber came out to deal. God, he's been, he has been lights out since he came out, came out to deal. But, you know, I think... i tell you what. They brought Bradley Zimmer up when Geyer, Brendan Geyer got hurt. And they just thrown him in there. And that kid... They, I mean... You know, remember they traded for uh, Miller last year, and the, the big discussion was who are they going to give up, either Cliff, Clint Frazier or Bradley Zimmer, and they decided that. I don't know if they decided. I think it was more or less the, uh, um, the Yankees. Yankees. Really wanted Frazier, right? Yeah, so I, don't, I don't know if they was up to the Indians to throw in who they wanted. So I Zimmer think was the other big prospect? Th- those are the top two prospects okay. in, the, in, the, in the organization. So, And Zimmer's been great when, since he's been up there. And I'm sorry, he's an outfielder? He's an outfielder. Okay. He was a first-round pick three years ago. Okay. Did he have a stint at Lake County? He, he was there for like the last week or two of the regular season, and then they made the playoffs, and he played another couple weeks. So he's only, he was only there for barely a month. But when I saw him, he was, he was outstanding, and this kid's got the look. But, you know, it's interesting because you look at the way the – Major League Baseball has stacked up this year. Indians struggle a little bit, meandering at 500. The Cubs kind of are in a little bit of slump, too. Yeah. And it just goes to show you, you know, when, when you talk about the Warriors and the Cavs, I don't know if that's the state of the NBA being kind of stale and just these super teams, but it shows you how tough it is just to even get back to these championship series. But I've always thought baseball is the most, and obviously, you know, teams have more talent, and that means something. You know, pitching and, and right. lineups. But like baseball is the most unpredictable. I mean, a team can go into a skid so play, easily. When you got to play 162 games. Yeah, and it's so it's you know it's still putting a round bat on a round ball. I right. Mean, I'm never surprised. Now, if the Cubs were to like not make the playoffs, I'd be pretty surprised. But, well, I mean, know. they're not in first place right now. Yeah. You know, so wow, and I just see they send uh, Schwarber to AAA. Yeah, I mean, uh-huh. he, dude, to talk about remember that star? Remember the buzz on him last year in the, in the World Series? I mean, oh. like he was Babe Ruth. Yeah, I mean, he kind of looked like kind of yeah. looked like a mini Babe Ruth. I mean, too. I think he's betting one seventy. I mean, he is just struggling. Well, why couldn't he struggle uh, in the series? I know, but you know, and it's interesting because the All Star Game's coming up. I think this team, kind of quoting Lou Brown and Major League, there's four or five potential <laughs> All Stars on this team. No, I mean, I'm, there's a legit. I mean, I wrote a column last year how I thought the Indians, you know, attendance was, which has been pretty good this year. Kudos to Indians fans. This really hasn't been a discussion this year. Um, I mean, Lindor is—he's up there in the voting. Brantley's up there, but the most important thing is, I think you're going to get some—you're going to get quite a few guys that are going to be added onto the team. Just you know, Carrasco. I think he's definitely going to be an all-star. I think Lindor's going to be an all-star. I think you got to put Ramirez in there. I mean, Kluber would go right, or has he not been that? Uh... Kluber missed two weeks on a DL. That that big of a deal? Mm, well, I mean, he's. I think he's six and two. I mean, you know, if he gets two or three more wins, and he keep his ERA is now under two. I mean, he's got a great shot. Miller, 
If his ERA is under two, he's got to go. Yeah, and in and Miller, yeah, and Carnacion. I mean, he has been the best hitter in baseball for the last two or three weeks. He's been incredible. What's his? Do you know what roughly what his average is now? I know he's. I mean, he was about for April until mid-May. He was like in one ninety-two ten range. Now he's batting like two sixty-five. Okay, good. So I mean, the last month or two, three weeks to a month, he's been batting about three seventy, and he's got about seven or eight home runs of like Has close to twenty years. I mean, you know, so good. I mean, you had you had the little bit of buyer's remorse there. God, is he never going to get out of this? Right. You know? No, I, I felt good about him. And I, I mean, you know, obviously one of these years is going to tail off a little bit. But I mean, right. he's still going to. I mean, the way his pace right now, he's on pace for forty plus home runs and over a hundred RBIs. You know, so you haven't followed baseball at all? No. The home runs are back this year. Oh, interesting. It's Aaron Judge. All these rookies. Oh, I have heard Aaron Judge's name a lot. It's it's incredible and. Even Lindor, he's got 13 home runs this year. I think he had 11 or 12 last year, all of last year. That that guy, he's turning into, an all, I mean, just the face of this team and just a mega all star. You don't even care about this. Do no, you? I'm I'm, th- I'm thinking about how to phrase this without being politically incorrect or whatever. But is anyone whispering about some kind of new performance enhancing stuff that they're not testing for? Because no, I don't think so. Okay. I've been hearing something about Are the, the balls, balls used being, again. They're wound a little tighter. Okay. And then there's also talk about players, the trajectory of their swing now. That's how scientific, really? that's how scientific it is now. You're kind of that's kind coming of a, in with the – So the hit coaching of, is kind of on next level? Yeah. It's, it's, I'm sure they use – man, I never thought about it, but I'm sure they use computerized you It's know, pretty cool. I mean, you know, and it could be just a matter of the way you position your hands, a fourth, a quarter of an inch, an eighth of an inch. What you know, And it could be that angle of the – of the bat, and it just you know t- takes. Well, let's see, look. I know there's beauty to a pitcher's duel. There really is, but like I need a little more offense in my baseball, so I'm happy. You to know, I gotta tell you though. I don't know if you watched. Um, did you check out the Indians on Monday at all? No. They hit, won twelve to nothing, and Kluber threw a complete oh, game. I, I mean, I saw the result. Yeah. Three yeah. hitter with I think ten Ks. I'm telling you, man, for how where they bashed the, the ball was great. But I'm telling you, man, when Kluber is on. It is something to behold. He he oh, is yeah. just like it's like a robot up there. It's so cool the to robot, watch. Yep. Yeah, it's really cool to watch. I think this team, you know, it's you know, last year they were kinda in that five hundred range last year and then they went on that fourteen game winning streak. And that really changed the whole complexion of their season. Yep. I mean you can't really count on a fourteen game winning streak. No. But if you could win twelve out of fourteen, thirteen out of seventeen that could be real helpful. Right if you have now. a bunch of series when you win two out of three, that adds up. That so. does adds up absolutely. So we'll see. All star breaks coming up. They're in first place. That's where you want to be. Maybe you can get up, get it up to over ten games over five hundred. I think they're thirty eight and thirty nine and thirty two right now. So they're getting close. So I mean, you'd rather have them peak later than than early. So the good news about the Indians right now, they're not in chaos. <laughs> yes. Do you, do you think do you believe, do you believe this Cavs team is in chaos right now? Mm, semi chaos. We forgot to talk about this. Let's get back to the cash for one last thing. Are you? What do you think about this whole Jimmy Butler situation? Well, I was just to say, I, I was I looked at hoops hype while you were uh, talking baseball, and uh, that's how engaged you are. Exactly. Apparently, no. It looks very unlikely that the Cavs are going to do a George or Butler trade. So, I mean, did you believe any of this stuff when like like your, your own own players? Why would they be telling him don't come, like stay away? That's that sounds that sounds very. I think odd. they I think they respected. I mean, look, I don't know. I th- I get the sense they respected Griffin. And Didn't they want to play with them? Wouldn't that supersede everything? You would think. I don't. I, I think those guys are emotional. You yeah, know, they're athletes. That seems we're all emotional. weird. 
I think, you know, they might have done that and then regretted it. You know, I don't know. I mean, you, you, you talk about, like, was this the best uh, decision that Gilbert could have made? Okay, that's that's a fair point. But is this the best thing that the players can be doing right now? Is Why wouldn't you want to bring a guy in that can improve your team? If they feel like if they feel like the situation is toxic or chaotic or whatever, I don't know what words they're using, and they feel like they owe it to player X to tell them the truth because they like them or respect them, then that's what you do. Like you know, if you were working somewhere and some former no, coworker right. of no, yours asked that. you about yeah. it, wouldn't you tell the truth about right. like whatever no, you thought? Yeah, I get you know? it. So I think it's that. Yeah, it just it seems like NBA is so driven by the stars that like maybe they're just, they're just so upset at Gilbert right now. It's possible. I don't know. That, that's 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 an interesting situation. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, we'll see. You know, I mean, you know, the off season is going to be really critical. I, I I would feel better if Billups would accept this job because I you know you don't want to have to go to candidate number two and candidate number three. If that's the guy they want, I hope he takes the job and and you can get a guy under him in place and let's move forward. So let's go on to uh, pop culture and you want to talk about some awful movie? How many of the Transformers movies have you seen? I think maybe half of the first one. So I am not the world's biggest Michael Bay fan. In fact, I you think I'm harsh on Zack Snyder. Like, I'm harsher on Michael Bay. Um, I do not generally care for most of his movies. I thought his uh, Benghazi movie was okay. The Rock was good. What was? The Rock. Yeah, that's okay back in the day. Um, he, But he's these Transformers movies are, and this one, as much as any of them, are just these symphonies of incoherence and and and... I wrote in my review, I call it like, it's like a stream of conscience uh, action movie where it's just, they don't ebb and flow like normal movies. They just, nonsensical thing after nonsensical thing just keeps happening and the heroes are doing something. Right. They're trying to find a thing. But I mean, it's, it's a Transformers movie. It's nonsensical from People the start, right? People love these movies. Yeah. And I wanted to claw my eyes out on Monday night. I mean, I know? think... I'll and I've of... been kind of kind, you know, I thought the first one was okay. I thought the second one was awful. I thought the third one, again, was like... I could kind of appreciate because Michael Bay, not anyone could make these movies. I mean, he's got technical uh, talent. I mean, these are no one quite makes movies like him, and I want to appreciate that. But the end result's so frustrating and annoying. Um, I thought the fourth one, the first one with Mark Wahlberg a few years ago, was you know okay, and then this one, I was just like, this is terrible. You know, it's in a weird way, it's it's a well-made bit of terrible, but it's so it's so numbing. There's just no. I think. I think the only other film franchise I can relate relate to because I saw a few of these and I'm just like I don't get it, and I is this Fast and Furious like well I, see that some a friend of mine who knows that I like the Fast and Furious it, movie said to me when I was texting her about Transformers and she's like I assume they're just like Fast and Furious right. and she hasn't seen she hasn't seen those either like you haven't I've seen about two of them I'm like, okay I've seen enough and I'm like how dare you the Fast and Furious I mean is, so like I think like it's all about like you know the the, the kid factor. The family factor. It's. I mean, it's not really a quote unquote family film, but you can bring, you know, your boys. I have eight year old. I could take them to a Transformers movie. I'm sure I, I wouldn't feel offended by anything in it, right? Right. I mean, there's a little sexual innuendo, but nothing. Yeah. They might not even get it, you know. Right. So like, you know, you know, it, it tugs at these kids. Like these forty-somethings like us who grew up maybe. Well, see, I, see, but I was never a Transformers see, fan growing up. I. That's in my sweet spot. I, I went from G.I. Joe to the Transformers. I had so many Transformers yeah. toys. I loved the cartoons. It just shows, shows you the power of that stuff. I know. Well, you know, uh, you've gone to a bunch of these pre-screenings with me. And, you know, to different screenings, they give out a different number of passes. So you can't just 
sometimes they like oversell the wrong word because these are free passes, but give out more passes than they have seats yeah. for. So I'm saying this isn't a pure judgment, but every time I've gone to a Transformers movie and I think they're all at that big theater in Valley View, the line waiting to get in is just out the door into the parking lot. Like so many people show up and want to go to these movies. They do huge business around the world. Yeah. So like, I, I think it was more overseas. I think, yeah. I mean, I think right now, no franchise, there's a bigger divide between like the average moviegoer and the critics. You know, even other critics besides me like the Fast and the Furious movies to, to some degree. I, I really think they're, again, at the end of the day, they're, you could say they're just as stupid. I think they're much better made, you know, they're much better made, much better constructed. I think the actions, the action sequences are much more to my taste. I think they're impressive in a way I don't think these are. But people love these movies and you've occasionally turned to me after we've seen something or you've told me you've seen something and you've used some phrase like this. I don't know what I just watched. Right. And that's how I got done with this. I'm like, now I, I had this point at, at the 90 minute mark and it's a two hour and 30 minute movie. But I'm like, I don't know what I'm watching. When it's over, I'm like, I don't know what I just watched. I try to write a summary in my review. I'm like, eh, it's kind of this, but don't hold me to it. You know, I, I you know, know. And going back a couple, a week and a half ago, I had that same reaction after we saw the mummy with Tom Cruise. Right. I just hated that movie. I, know you I hated this movie. And, I, and the more I saw it, the more I hate, or the more I thought about it, the more I hated it. And I thought about it during Transformers, and I would have given blood to be watching The Mummy right now. <laughs> That's good. I, I do want to say, and we can move on, but um, I did also do a feature on this actress who's in The Transformers. She's 15, about to turn 16. She's from Cleveland. She grew up in West Park. Her name's uh, Isabella Monaire. She was on a Nickelodeon show, 100 Things to Do Before High School. Okay. I was not aware of that. Um, I never really heard of her, to be honest, but she has kind of a big supporting role in this movie. She's about to be in the movie... Soldado, which is a sequel to Sicario, a movie mm -hmm. I loved. So she's kind of an up-and-coming thing, and, and I spent like 20 minutes on the phone with her and got some great stuff. So that story is on uh, the News Herald and Morning Journal's website right now. I hope people check it out. You know, I got to tell you, the summer season of movies really hasn't gone too well for me so far. I love Wonder Woman, but I, you know, I, I'm a, unfortunately, I have to admit I saw Baywatch. And, I I tried to steer you off Baywatch. and the mummy and I I I, really, I had to go see Wonder Woman just to get the bad taste of those two movies. It's a power out. cleanser. I mean, it really, I really did. So I'm like, so when we come back in two weeks, we're going to talk about War of the Planet Apes, which we saw. We saw yesterday, and I think there's hope that the summer can be salvaged. With War right, of the they Planet they don't really want reviews out, you know, until next week. We can um, talk about that, but, but I think we could just say that we both loved it. Right, and I mean, then so. Spider Man Homecoming is coming out July seventh. And we're going to see that movie next to Wednesday, and I'm really looking forward to that. So right, hopefully, so hopefully we'll have a couple movies we really I like. Think I'm, I'm really hopeful for those two movies to kind of really get into that summer spirit of fun because I, some of the stuff that's been coming out is just utter garbage. I, I've been thinking that, uh, and I haven't seen it yet, but I've been thinking that when it was all said and done, Dunkirk would be my favorite movie of the summer. It's going to have to be good to topple Apes. I really, yeah. I really liked Apes. Yeah, it's like I love Christopher Nolan, and. I love the Batman trilogy. He did the Dark Knight trilogy, but everything else he does, I just feel so damn depressed when I leave his movies. It's I'm like, God, can you just give me something? And yeah. that movie, I'm sure it's going to be very well done and very well produced and very well made. But I just got this feeling I'm going to walk out of there like, okay, yeah. This, but you know, it's a, a war film. It's a true story where a bunch Nolan. of people do survive. So, but there will be some stuff along the way that is right. tough. I mean. He's going to want to show you, as many directors have, the uh, the goriness or the downside of war. I mean, that's what directors. Hey, before we leave, so we got the dog days of sports summer coming up. What like what do you do now? 
for me, I mean, I, I go to more movie screenings because summer is such a busy time. I mean, July and August, it's going to be, well, actually, August rolls around, you have NFL training. Camps. Well, it still blows my mind that you don't care about this. But yesterday, HBO out of nowhere dropped the newest trailer for the seventh season of Game of Thrones. And it was no, I don't care. awesome. It was as good as a movie trailer as I've seen. This season looks amazing. It starts in mid-July. I can't wait. I'll watch each of those episodes at least twice. Hey, speaking of uh, uh, sports and movies, when you combine the two, uh, I am going to Progressive Field on Saturday morning. They're doing a really cool event from uh, 10 a.m. to noon. MLB Network has come up like a kind of like a, a 30 for 30 style documentary. I think it's called... The dynasty that almost was. It's going to be about uh, the 1990s in Cleveland Indians. I had not heard about this. Yeah, and they're they're going to like premiere it with as much as season ticket holders and select media people. And I got invited, and my cargo is going to be there. Saint Elmer is going to be there. I think they're going to speak, maybe be available for interviews. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna watch that. I have no I don't have MLB Network, so I have no idea when this is going to premiere on on it. But I'm really excited. And I think that's really cool that they're doing something about that era because, you know, you look at baseball history and there's there's not a lot of, I mean, you could kind of pit, pinpoint pockets of of teams here and there, but that 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 four to five six year reign, and it's hard to call them, say it a reign because they never won anything. I know. But the talk, you talk about the best teams that never won it anything like a World Series, you know that that those teams were just they had everything. I've said this a, a bunch of times to people, so I probably said it to you maybe on this podcast, but that 95 Indians team oh. sort of ruined other teams for me as much as I like, you know, I like yeah. this that, and that's when I like baseball more. Like, look, honestly, you know, I don't love baseball right. that much anymore. I loved it. I watched every game I could. You never, they'd be down three runs in the six. Oh, like, we never, got, we never got give it. Yeah. You never, I mean, it was shocking when they'd lose. I mean, I think they right. were 144 in that strike short season. That team was. I mean, you had the best pitching staff in the AL, but it was chicks dig the long ball. They were just popping dingers yeah. out left and right. So much fun. And then the teams that followed, you know, pretty still pretty powerful, pretty great too. But it was that '95 team. I loved Oral Hershey. I know. I loved Dennis Martinez. Dennis Martinez. Uh, Jose Mason for the '95 years was lights yep. out. Tavares. Man, I love that team. So I'm looking forward oh. to that, and I'll I'll have a, like a feature slash review. Uh, Can you get your boy in Sunday for Monday? Um. I could make an. I could. Matt, I could find out. Email. I'm email. taking the wife. It's a 10 year anniversary. We're, we're gonna do that, and then we're gonna hit, okay. hit. We're gonna hit downtown all afternoon, so we're gonna have fun. But uh, good discussion today. We'll always agree to disagree, right? Well, it's nice to uh, nice to disagree. <laughs> Absolutely. Guess, uh, so it's gonna be interesting to see. You know, it's one thing with the Cavs. You can never call them dull. Agreed. So we shall see. We'll be back in two weeks. Talk a little bit more. See what's going on in sports. It's hard to predict. We'll definitely have. War of the Planets discussion. Yeah, we can do sort of at that point a state of the summer. And Spider-Man Homecoming. So that's, that, that's going to be a fun episode. So yeah. until two weeks from now, thanks for listening. This has been a production of the News Herald in Willoughby, Ohio, part of 21st Century Media and Digital First Media.